Chapter Six of A Problem in Modern Ethics by John Addington Simons. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter Six Literature, Historical, Anthropological. No one has yet attempted a complete history of inverted sexuality in all ages and in all races. This would be well worth doing. Materials, though not extremely plentiful, lie to hand in the religious books and codes of ancient nations, in mythology and poetry and literature, in narratives of travel, and the reports of observant explorers. Gibbon once suggested that a curious dissertation might be formed on the introduction of pederasty after the time of Homer, its progress among the Greeks of Asia and Europe, the vehemence of their passions, and the thin device of virtue and friendship which amused the philosophers of Athens. But, adds the prurient prude, Scelera ostendi oporteat dumpuniuntur, abscondi flagitia. Two scholars responded to this call. The result is that the chapter on Greek love has been very fairly written by equally impartial, equally learned and independent authors, who approached the subject from somewhat different points of view, but who arrived in the main at similar conclusions. The first of these histories is M. H. E. Meyer's article on Pederastie in Ersch and Gruber's Allgemeine Encyclopädie, Leipzig, Brockhaus, eighteen thirty-seven. The second is a treatise entitled A Problem in Greek Ethics, composed by an Englishman in English. The anonymous author was not acquainted with Meyer's article before he wrote, and only came across it long after he had printed his own essay. This work is extremely rare, ten copies only having been impressed for private use. Inquirers into the psychology and morality of sexual inversion should not fail to study one or other of these treatises. It will surprise many a well-read scholar when he sees the whole list of Greek authorities and passages collected and coordinated, to find how thoroughly the manners and the literature of that great people were penetrated with paiderastia. The myths and heroic legends of prehistoric Hellas, the educational institutions of the Dorian state, the dialogues of Plato, the history of the Theban army, the biographies of innumerable eminent citizens, lawgivers and thinkers, governors and generals, founders of colonies and philosophers, poets and sculptors, render it impossible to maintain that this passion was either a degraded vice or a form of inherited neuropathy in the race to whom we owe so much of our intellectual heritage. Having surveyed the picture, we may turn aside to wonder whether modern European nations, imbued with the opinions I have described above, in the section on vulgar errors, are wise in making Greek literature a staple of the higher education. 
their motto is écraser l'infâme here the infamous thing clothes itself like an angel of light and raises its forehead unabashed to heaven among the marble peristyles and olive groves of an unrivalled civilization another book written from a medical point of view is valuable upon the pathology of sexual inversion and cognate aberrations among the nations of antiquity it bears the title Geschichte der Lustseuche im Altertume and is composed by Dr. Julius Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum attempts to solve the problem of the existence of syphilis and other venereal diseases in the remote past. This inquiry leads him to investigate the whole of Greek and Latin literature in its bearing upon sexual vice students will therefore expect from his pages no profound psychological speculations and no idealistic presentation of an eminently repulsive subject one of the most interesting chapters of his work is devoted to what herodotus called nosos felea among the scythians a widespread effemination prevailing in a wild warlike and nomadic race we have already alluded to Kraft Ebing's remarks on this disease, which has curious points of resemblance with some of the facts of male prostitution in modern cities. Professed anthropologists have dealt with the subject, collecting evidence from many quarters, and in some cases attempting to draw general conclusions. Bastian's Der Mensch der Geschichte and Herbert Spencer's tables deserve special mention for their encyclopedic fullness of information regarding the distribution of abnormal sexuality and the customs of savage tribes. In England, an essay appended to the last volume of Sir Richard Burton's Arabian Nights made a considerable stir upon its first appearance. The author endeavoured to coordinate a large amount of miscellaneous matter, and to frame a general theory regarding the origin and prevalence of homosexual passions. His erudition, however, is incomplete, and though he possesses a copious store of anthropological details, he is not at the proper point of view for discussing the topic philosophically. For example, he takes for granted that pederasty, as he calls it, is everywhere and always what the vulgar think it. He seems to have no notion of the complicated psychology of earnings, revealed to us by their recently published confessions in French and German medical and legal works. Still his views deserve consideration. Burton regards the phenomenon as geographical and climatic, not racial. He summarises the result of his investigations in the following five conclusions. 1. There exists what I shall call a sotadic zone, bounded westwards by the northern shores of the Mediterranean, north latitude 43 degrees, and by the southern, north latitude 30 degrees. Thus the depth would be 780 to 800 miles, 
including meridional france the iberian peninsula italy and greece with the coast regions of africa from morocco to egypt two running eastward the sotadic zone narrows embracing asia minor mesopotamia and chaldea afghanistan sind the punjab and kashmir three in indochina the belt begins to broaden enfolding china japan and turkistan four it then embraces the south sea islands and the new world where at the time of its discovery sotadic love was with some exceptions an established racial institution five within the sotadic zone the vice is popular and endemic held at the worst to be a mere peccadillo while the races to the north and south of the limits here defined practise it only sporadically amid the opprobrium of their fellows who as a rule are physically incapable of performing the operation and look upon it with the liveliest disgust this is a curious and interesting generalization though it does not account for what history has transmitted regarding the customs of the celts scythians bulgars tartars normans and for the acknowledged leniency of modern slavs to this form of vice burton advances an explanation of its origin the only physical cause for the practice which suggests itself to me and that must be owned to be purely conjectural is that within the sotadic zone there is a blending of the masculine and feminine temperament a crasis which elsewhere occurs only sporadically so far as it goes this suggestion rests upon ground admitted to be empirically sound by the medical writers we have already examined and vehemently declared to be indisputable as a fact of physiology by ulrichs whom i shall presently introduce to my readers but burton makes no effort to account for the occurrence of this crisis of masculine and feminine temperaments in the sotadic zone at large and for its sporadic appearance in other regions would it not be more philosophical to conjecture that the crisis if that exists at all takes place universally but that the consequences are only tolerated in certain parts of the globe which he defines as the sotadic zone ancient greece and rome permitted them modern greece and italy have excluded them to the same extent as northern european nations north and south america before the conquest saw no harm in them since its colonization by europeans they have been discountenanced the phenomenon cannot therefore be regarded as specifically geographical and climatic besides there is one fact mentioned by burton which ought to make him doubt his geographical theory he says that after the conquest of algiers the french troops were infected to an enormous extent by the habits they had acquired there 
and from them it spread so far and wide into civilian society that the vice may be said to have been democratized in cities and large towns this surely proves that north of the sotadic zone males are neither physically incapable of the acts involved in abnormal passion nor gifted with an insuperable disgust for them law and the public opinion generated by law and religious teaching have been deterrent causes in those regions the problem is therefore not geographical and climatic but social again may it not be suggested that the absence of the vice among the negroes and negroid races of south africa noticed by burton is due to their excellent customs of sexual initiation and education at the age of puberty customs which it is the shame of modern civilization to have left unimitated however this may be burton regards the instinct as natural not contre nature and says that its patients deserve not prosecution but the pitiful care of the physician and the study of the psychologist another distinguished anthropologist paolo mantegazza has devoted special attention to the physiology and psychology of what he calls i pervertimenti dell'amore starting with the vulgar error that all sexual inversion implies the unmentionable act of coition for which by the way he is severely rebuked by kraft ebing psychopathia sexualis page ninety two he explains anomalous passions by supposing that the nerves of pleasurable sensation which ought to be carried to the genital organs are in some cases carried to the rectum this malformation makes its subject desire coitum per enum that an intimate connection exists between the nerves of the reproductive organs and the nerves of the rectum is known to anatomists and is felt by everybody probably some kinaidi are excited voluptuously in the mode suggested seneca in his epistles records such cases and it is difficult in any other way to account for the transports felt by male prostitutes of the vibling type finally writers upon female prostitution mention women who are incapable of deriving pleasure from any sexual act except aversa venus mantegazza's observation deserves to be remembered and ought to be tested by investigation but it is obvious he pushes the corollary he draws from it as to the prevalence of sexual inversion too far he distinguishes three classes of sodomy one peripheric or anatomical caused by an unusual distribution of the nerves passing from the spine to the reproductive organs and the rectum two psychical which he describes as specific to intelligent men cultivated and frequently neurotic but which he does not attempt to elucidate though he calls it not a vice but a passion 
three luxurious or lustful when the aversa venus is deliberately chosen on account of what mantegazza terms la desolante larghezza of the female mantegazza winds up like burton by observing that sodomy studied with the pitying and indulgent eye of the physician and the physiologist is consequently a disease which claims to be cured and can in many cases be cured after perusing what physicians historians and anthropologists have to say about sexual inversion there is good reason for us to feel uneasy as to the present condition of our laws and yet it might be argued that anomalous desires are not always maladies not always congenital not always psychical passions in some cases they must surely be vices deliberately adopted out of lustfulness wanton curiosity and seeking after sensual refinements the difficult question still remains then how to repress vice without acting unjustly towards the naturally abnormal the unfortunate and the irresponsible I pass now to the polemical writings of a man who maintains that homosexual passions, even in their vicious aspects, ought not to be punished except in the same degree and under the same conditions as the normal passions of the majority. End of chapter 6 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey